you know a spot. But not just a spot. The spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots? Being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your Frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. State Farm Insurance knows that understanding and investing in our cultural identity is paramount in protecting our future. We know what it's like to go from nothing to something to wish that we had better financial literacy when we were younger. Luckily, State Farm is here to help with funding programs like Project Ready, which is committed to education achievement and has already awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to black and brown youth since 2021. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Afrotech 2017, San Francisco, California. Jason Maiden, who at the time was running the youth sports apparel brand Superheroic, is in an Afrotech lounge talking design. He drops a few gems about the true meaning of design, his design ethos, and how design greatly affects or fails to impact altogether its intended audience. My conversation today is not necessarily just focused on footwear. It's focused on the frameworks you use to create a brand that can create a cultural shift. A lot of people think that design is the act of drawing or making products. It's not that. It's the act of asking better questions. That's our role. We look at the world, we ask better questions, and we respond with the products, services, and experiences we create. So it's very simple. You capture in your design ethos the principles you want to see when they look at your product, when they talk about your product, and they interact with your product. So first and foremost, it's about emotion and expression. How do you feel when you see it? What does it make you think about? Can you place this moment in time and say, yo, I remember the first time I heard Illmatic. I remember the first time I saw the Air Jordan 11. I remember the first time my parents whooped my butt for sneaking out to buy the Air Jordan 11. And then there's the form language. How does it feel? How does it look? What's the touch of it? What's the finish of it? How does it interact with the human body? How does it interact with the environment in which it exists? You know, we don't have to put a giant logo on our product because our design language is our branding. I'm Will Lucas, and this is Black Tech Green Money. I'm going to introduce you to some of the biggest names, some of the brightest minds, and brilliant ideas. If you're black in building or simply using tech to secure your bag, this podcast is for you. Chris Classic is a modern-day renaissance man. He's an American Music Award-winning recording artist, social media influencer, and business owner. He's the founder of the lifestyle brand Savoir Faire, which features a signature fragrance and other personal accessories. His music can be heard on several movie soundtracks, including Alvin and the Chipmunks, Fifty Shades of Grey, Horrible Bosses, Just Right, featuring Queen Latifah and Common, and many more. And his signature fragrance is in higher demand than ever before. This conversation between Chris and I happened during the Afrotech Back to Black Innovators Digital Summit. Let's dive in. And you are in with us uh, this Innovators Week Virtual Summit. We are Back to Black today. Um, I'm so excited about this next conversation. First of all, I really appreciate you guys for hanging out with us today. We've had some amazing conversations and uh, we get to kick uh, off the end of this, the conclusion of the day uh, with one of my favorite creatives. Um, Chris Classic uh, is a self-proclaimed dadpreneur uh, which I love. He's been called the modern day renaissance man. Um, he's a husband and a co-parent founder of Savoir Faire, a lifestyle brand that features fragrances, uh, wellness products, sunnies, you got the shades, uh, cigars, 
um, and et cetera. He's also an artist and his music can be heard in 250 plus movies, uh, TV shows and ads um, as an AMA, American Music Award for his work on the Alvin and Chipmunk soundtrack. He's one of those guys that constantly has other people steal his posts and use them as their own, no credit, uh, which is not really cool. But there are, there are even some artists who like, you know, arguably probably stole his swag. Um, but he's one of my favorite creatives. And, and I told him actually when I started here at Afrotech that whatever I could do to amplify his work, I was going to do that. And so I'm so excited to have this uh, conversation with you today. I will say, um, and as a reminder for everybody, this is going to be an amazing conversation. I know because Chris is just that kind of brilliant. Please engage on the chat because I will try to get to as many questions and comments as I can that you guys uh, fill in here. So, Chris, good to have you here, man. What's going on, brother? How are you? I'm blessed, brother. Thank you for coming today. Um, I'm excited about this. So let's get into it. Music, uh, social influencer, um, and leveraging that to be an entrepreneur. At what point did you realize that you could leverage your ability to create content um, that piqued it, your interest in monetizing your audience on social media? Um, well, I don't think there was a particularly poignant moment in which I decided that that's what I was going to do. Um, I realized um, that by being authentically me and sharing different parts of my day, um, you know, for me, I just wanted to kind of dispel the, the rumor or the myth um, about Black fathers. That's, that's really um, what led me to share so authentically. Um, and then, you know, being on the streets of New York at the time, being able to pass people who were strangers, who were just like, man, I follow you on Instagram and, you know, you've inspired me to do this or take a more active role or, um, you know, to, to try to work out a co-parenting situation with, you know, my baby mama, whatever it was, um, I started noticing that people were resonating with my daily life. Um, and so when I started to share the things that I liked, um, I noticed that people were also buying those same things. Um, and this is, you know, before there was an influencer or before there was kind of a lane for people to specifically do that as a career. Um, it was more like, hey, man, now I felt some sort of social um, obligation to share nice things um, or the things that I enjoyed. And um, in the process, I found out that a lot of people like the same thing. Um, too often, to your point of being authentic, like we downplay our ability to make an impact by just being authentic. You know, so many of us portray an alter ego online because we may feel like, you know, our lifestyle ain't the way, right? And you fully embraced uh, being mature. Uh, you've embraced being a dad, um, embraced the struggles of not always feeling properly compensated for your contribution. Um, so talk to me about the value of that authenticity, no matter what mainstream coolness says. Right. Well, there's always someone watching, right? And there's always, you know, as long as you're sharing, someone's paying attention. And um, for me, authenticity, you know, it doesn't go out of style. Right. So if you look at like, let's just say um, a certain, you know, pair of sneakers that we all love. Once they kind of create a mold. Every five or six years, maybe 10 years, they'll re-release them because nothing got better than that. Right. And so I feel like authenticity, um, you know, kind of allows you to be timeless. Uh, and, and so that's what I that's what I aim for. And I realized that with brands um, and, and entrepreneurs, the level of authenticity from which you share from, um, you know, definitely transcends over to your brand because people are looking to identify with what's real. And, you know, most of the people um, who, you know, kind of patronize uh, my business and, and support my brand, um, they, they, they first become interested because they're looking at my life that I'm sharing pretty openly and candidly. And then they're seeing how I'm living and saying, well, you know what, if he likes that, I might like it too. If he likes this restaurant, if he likes this type of spirit, then 
I may like it too. And, you know, I don't worry about who doesn't. You know, I, I think um, as entrepreneurs, we all struggle with wanting to be um, liked by everyone. And I struggled with that for a long time until I realized that there are a lot of people that just like me how I am and like the different products that I'm creating. And that's who I cater to, you know, and um, as I'm more consistent, I find more and more people are, are circling back, even though they may have, you know, seen me a few years ago, they, they um, you know, eventually come on board. Uh, my guy, Kenny Burns says, if you are who you are long enough, people will eventually pay you for it. And, um, you know, that's something that always resonated with me. Um, and so just being authentic, you know, really works. Um, do you think we can embrace or a better how can we embrace that there is an audience if we feel old or we feel like a nerd or um, how can we embrace that when we don't see our mainstream persona? How can we trust the process that there is an audience out there? I guess is the question. Well, for me, I'm always humbled by learning about new artists that I don't know. Um, I think the most recent that really just, you know, wowed me um, was Russ. And um, I, didn't, I didn't know who he was because I, I wasn't really hearing his music on the radio. I wasn't really seeing it talked about amongst my peers. And this is probably about a year and a half ago. Um, but then I asked my teenage sons and they knew, right? And then as I did more research, I was able to see these crowds that he was performing in front of. And I'm like, where did this kid come from? Who is he and how does he have arenas packed? And that reminded me that there are so many people in this world, there's always a crowd for somebody, you know? And, um, I, you know, just doing a simple hashtag search on social media will kind of let you know that there's a tribe out there uh, for you somewhere that is definitely liking the same thing or they have the same interest, you know? So definitely um, being humbled by the fact that I realized, you know, th there's millions upon millions of people just in this country alone um, that have such unique interests that there's never going to be um, something that, you know, no one likes. You're always going to be able to find your tribe somewhere. How can we find that? If, if, if we're not the mainstream wave, like how can we find our audience on social media? Or is it that they just find you? Like, to your point of what Kenny Burns said, they'll find you. I think they eventually find you if you're consistent, but if, you, if you're offering something, if you're offering a podcast, right, which may be your opinions, your ideas, and you're doing a decent job, at least a decent job of marketing that, getting that, those key words out, um, you know, those things matter. If you have a product and it's amazing, um, those things matter because eventually people will find out. Um, I was in an Uber the other day and um, the driver was listening to um, audio of Will Smith. And, um, you know, I appreciated him having it on, him and Les Brown. And um, Will Smith said something about, to the effect of building a wall. You know, sometimes if you have the idea of building a wall, it becomes a daunting challenge. But if you look at it like, I'm gonna lay this one brick and I'm gonna make, I'm gonna lay this brick the best that any brick's ever been laid. And you just keep doing that consistently, consistently, next thing you know, you have a huge wall. Um, and I think that's really uh, the same mindset that you have to have when it comes to either launching your idea, launching your product or finding your tribe. You have to identify who you are, stay you know, completely consistent with it. Um, and then if you're looking for customers or attention, um, you, you have to do some marketing that resonates with you. Uh, with my brand, um, I think about like fragrance commercials that I've seen my entire life, that we've all seen. Um, it's, it's typically, you know, the Euro guy who's on 
a small yacht and he has his hair slicked back and his abs are showing. And you know, there's the, the, the extremely thin blonde in the back and it's just like polo, right? And it's just like, that's the lifestyle. And I don't resonate with that. So why would I create something that looks like that? You know, and I think where we're at now is, you know, so many entrepreneurs, so many amazing directors and producers are seeing and content creators are seeing that we want to see ourselves. And so we're just making dope stuff that um, when we see it, we resonate with it because it's just like, I've been waiting to see that, you know? So I think right now more than ever, there's a tremendous opportunity for people who have um, products or just content to make the things that you want to see because now we're looking for it. In the past, we didn't always have the means. How would you define your brand? Like you said, like, you know, you don't necessarily relate to the Euro style of marketing and those products, obviously they align with their target audience, right. um, though it does spill over. How do you, how do you define your brand? Um, well, to me, Savoir Faire is an attraction brand. And what I mean by it's an attraction brand is the products are to make you feel attractive um, and to also make you be attractive, meaning the lifestyle that you want, the mindset that you want to carry. Um, I remember distinctly learning that if I smelled amazing when I went to a hotel counter, you know, when I'm, you know, in the lobby and I'm waiting, I'm the next one online and maybe I had a rough flight. And if I smelled amazing though, when I got to that counter, that person, usually, if I was wearing my creed or my bond, usually that person would ask me if I wanted to upgrade. And it was because the scent gave off the notion that this person has a certain type of taste. And so every product that I make either will, you know, is created for you to, to feel more attractive or, you know, most recently with my cigars, it's specifically for you to intentionally envision generational wealth. You know, when you think about, um, you know, when you go to communion or in different Eastern religions or even our own ancestral religions, tobacco and smoke are used a lot and specifically smoke. And so I thought, you know, I, I love cigars. And usually when I'm smoking by myself, I'm thinking about my family. I'm thinking about what can I do? What's the next idea? You know, and I realized that there are so many, you know, people who enjoy cigars, but when, they, when they're smoking alone, they're not thinking of anything that's necessarily helpful. They're not attracting anything to themselves creatively um, and to their family. So. That's the intentionality behind that cigar. Um, and as I create more products, all of them will have something that either makes you feel attractive or be attracting. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 
55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale one million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the One Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Um, I've talked a lot about this lately of like the mission or the purpose we endeavor like reveals itself as we start to do the work, Mm -hmm. the things that we know to do. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So you start off thinking you're going to do this, but then you find that, Oh, the, the real thing shows itself to you. Right. And you started off thinking and working towards uh, being in the music industry in a different way than you in it today. Um, yeah. you know, with your story with Jam Master J and the record deals where you had the buzz and then he was killed, uh, you know, assassinated. And, and that that puts your life in a different direction, right? And um, you wanted to be, as I'm aware, like, if, if this is a respectful way to say, like a more mainstream rapper. Yeah. Okay. Um, talk about how, though you saw it in your head a specific way, the purpose or your mission reveals itself. Yeah, um, I think if I if I'm being completely honest, I found that my mission was to be humble and to serve. Um, and how that relates to music and to a lifestyle brand, um, all of my success musically has come from being unseen. When you are watching, you know, when you're in a theater or you're watching something and you hear this voice that sounds like it's Jay-Z or Drake, but it's not either of them. And it's, you know, in a quick, you know, 10 second scene where the guy is rushing through the party or, you know, whatever, that's usually me, right? And I know, my producers know, my family may know my voice, and I think now I have enough people who are, um, you know, like Marvel or DC nerds who like know my voice or WWE, you know, people, uh, fans who who know my voice. Um, But all of my success has come from being behind the scenes, you know, and um, when I thought about being an artist and being successful, I didn't specify how. You know, and so I have to really take ownership of that and realize I just wanted to be heard. I just wanted to be successful. And, you know, the creator was just like, all right, cool. You didn't specify. So this is how you you're going to get it. Um, And then as I was creating the brand and I started, you know, going out around Atlanta and seeing people that I didn't know say, hey, man, I, I, I wear Soul Cafe, I, I wear Bon Noir, you know, talking about my fragrances. I realized that the notes in the music are the same like the notes in a fragrance. And I realized that my purpose was to serve the senses of my community, whether it's musically, uh, whether it's, you know, by tangible products, you know, for the nose, whether it's, you know, creating, uh, you know, cocktails or or, um, gathering people together for events or whether it's just emotionally 
you know, to talk to men and fathers about our emotional responsibility and how we can be emotionally accountable to ourselves and our brothers and, you know, to our mates, um, it's become revealed to me that my, my job and my purpose is, is to serve our senses. Uh, talk to me about, because I, I hear you saying something that I want to dig in on. And, you know, this is the Innovators Digital Summit, right? And I, I hear you in your posts, you talk a lot about like the energy that you put in the universe and you've called things to you. You know, I remember before you had uh, your space to work in, you were talking about needing that space and calling, you know, like, I'm not trying to sound woo-woo about it, but you were calling it to you, yes. right? And um, I believe that innovation, being that this is the Innovator Summit, I believe that innovation is about seeing something that may not exist today or a way of doing things that don't exist today and working towards a future, you know, that we want that may be better than the one that we have today. Um, and I remember like this two chains, I'm, I'm paraphrasing like this two chains quote I saw. And he's like, you know, your energy is what keeps the bag away from you. Like if your bag, if your energy is bad, you that bag you chasing is running from you. Yeah. Right. So talk to me about um, what did it, how you think with regards to what you say and your dealings with people and the energy you put in the world generally? Um, well, I think for me, the testimony of that there are certain things that I've wanted in life that I've actually attracted to myself via alchemy and, and the, the grace of God, right? And the grace of our creator. Um, I realized that the words matter. Right. And I learned how important, you know, <laughs> this may sound awkward to some, but, you know, we spell things. Right. And, you know, typically who cast spells. Right. Witches historically. Right. And but even, yeah. even if you just delve into that, which is right, that is the spelling Um Everything that you write down, which is why writing things down is incredibly uh, important. Everything that you write down revolves around how you spell it. And so I've learned that the things that I share, even in a digital space, they have an energy that goes way further than my literal voice or that my legs can carry me. So um, I think you know, about things in a way that I want people to feel something. I want people to feel that any measure of success that I've had, which, you know, is still low on the totem pole compared, you know, to others, I want you to feel just as empowered to say this too. I want you to feel just as empowered to envision having your life the way you want it to be. And for me, it, it, it's like, I have to care because, you know, um, as a kid growing up in a, in a Jehovah's Witness household, all I did was read. All I did was just look up things and study. And so, you know, it definitely, you know, narrated my life to some degree about how important things are when you read them and how you practice them. And that religion is nothing more than your habit. And so when I'm feeling a certain type of way, um, maybe I'm, I'm having kind of a, a low energy day, I may talk about it not because I'm looking for sympathy or not because I'm looking to appear. It's because I know that somebody else feels the exact same way and they may never get the opportunity to see someone who looks like them articulated a certain way that really hits home, you know. Um, fun moments with my daughter, sharing that on social media. You, you'd be surprised at how many beautiful, amazing women have no relationship with their dads. And so seeing 30 seconds of plays just kind of like, man, it, it, it resonates with their spirit, something that was missing, you know? And so once I learned that, I felt very comfortable um, just sharing those things and being intentional about what I share because I know that at this particular point, people are looking and um, I, I try to share it all. You know, the, the other day I was trying to, uh, stop my daughter from picking up a rotted pumpkin that was in our backyard. And, you know, I'm like taking a video of her while we're playing in the backyard and she wouldn't listen to me when I said no. So I'm rushing over to her to try to get her to not pick up this pumpkin and I fall, I trip over the broom 
and you know, I'm holding my phone still. So my phone like goes all over the place. And um, the whole rest of the video was cool, but I decided, you know what? I'm just gonna share this part of me falling because it's real, you know what I'm saying? And, and I feel like so many people got a kick out of, you know, seeing someone who may appear cool and kind of got it together actually trip and fall, you know what I'm saying? I was, I was thrilled. Uh, Ava DuVernay saw the post and wrote, this is perfect. This would be for a movie. You know, I'm like, you know what, you know? So um, I, I think there are so many people who are dying to be themselves. And if I can give you permission and that's what I'm known for, I'm cool with that. I love that, I love that. Um, talk to me about like, the struggles of being a creative entrepreneur. And what I mean by that is so many times like creatives come to business with a creative mentality. And while you can have that, there's a space for that. You kind of kind of compartmentalize it a little bit. Um, but you are learning or did learn or talk to me about this in, in how to be an operator. I'm still talk learning about your process. I'm still learning, man. Um, you know, I, I have a business partner who is more of a mentor and coach. And um, I don't know if you're a big uh, college basketball fan, but um, Coach Kazajanski from Duke, when you watch him, he's never flustered. No matter what, someone could, you know, hit a, a, a game winner at the buzzer and he just looks like, yeah, that's, that's what we practiced. Um, yep. Yep. And that's who my mentor is. I can have a million and one creative ideas. I'm like, oh, and we're gonna do this and I can get to the other color and then I'm gonna do this. And he, mm -hmm. no. And it forces me to realize that there's a, there's a space where the creative has to stop creating and innovating um, in order to execute and to automate. And that's what I'm still learning right now. Every day I have some new harebrained idea of a new product or um, a new spirit behind a certain product. And, um, you know, I can veto it all the time, you know, and, and sometimes I sneak and share things that, I, you know, I shouldn't, that I, I'm like, oh, wow, people signed up for this. I guess I actually have to make it now. Um, but, you know, I think that's the importance of having mentors, having people that you're in business with who are able to allow you that creativity, you know, or space to, to be creative, but then also um, insist that you learn how to operate and how to automate. And, um, you know, without it, you'll you're end up with a thousand products and, and no follow through. Yeah, I love the, the ingenuity behind like building in the proverbial garage because you shared like a lot of your early posts mm -hmm. were when you were doing the fragrance you know you were I think in the garage or the basement I was in the basement <laughs> and for people who want to do the wellness products the hair care the fragrances etc what were the steps that you took to learn how to do formulations because it can go bad if you're using the wrong stuff right mm -hmm. um but how did, how did you learn? Like, what is, like, did you get mentorship? Like, were you reading books or was it YouTube university? Like, what did you do? Um, well, when it first came to creating a fragrance in itself, my process started, I was only looking to create one bottle of cologne for me. That's how I first started. And I had a communication relationship with um, another brother here in Atlanta who DM'd me and was just like, hey man, do you think we can meet up sometime so I can pick your brain about, you know, like being a husband and being creative and kind of like how you balance everything with being a dad? I'm like, all right, cool. You know, no one had really, no human, no individual had asked me for some sort of consultative mentorship, you know? Um, so we met at the gathering spot here in, in Atlanta. And um, over the next 11 months, we, we met maybe once or twice a month, we would spend three or four hours and we would just talk about life while I was learning about the science of blending fragrances to perfumers alcohol. And, um, you know, at the end of that process, 
Um, he, he ended up not, not wanting to partner with me in, in my business once I got to the point where I was like, wow, people really like this. I guess I should make it a business. And because he did not partner with me when I expected him to, I had to reformulate an entire formula by myself or create an entire formula by myself. And um, that was really scary. Um, so, you know, for the first year, I only had one fragrance. And, you know, I took the time to just learn and research as I liked certain notes and materials, how much um, was recommended in an entire concentration. Um, as far as, you know, like when the pandemic first began, um, I had fragrances, but I got nervous because people weren't gonna be going out, you know? So I was nervous no one was going to continue to buy my fragrances. Um, so I learned how to make a room spray using the concentration from, you know, my fragrances that was successful. Um, so a lot of it is self-taught. Um, you know, there is a brother who is an amazing perfumer. His name is Chris Collins. And he was actually um, instructed on um, perfumery in Grasse in France, where, you know, they kind of say that's the Mecca um, and the birthplace of, of perfume. Um, but that brother, he, um, you know, learned there and he has a fragrance line. It's a little bigger in the UK than here. Um, but eventually I would love to, to go and, and sit at a university and learn. But um, right now I, I begin with energy and then I do my research to make sure that it's safe for people. Um, and then I just try to execute, um, you know, formulations that, that work. What was the decision again, or the, the catalyst for the decision against like a co-packer? Um, I can't control the energy. I can't control the energy, you know, when, when it leaves me on, on, as I'm bottling and as my team is assembling, we're thinking positive thoughts. When I'm printing out the, the, the shipping labels, I'm like, man, thank you. Thank you, John Adams in, you know, Winnemucca, Nevada. I appreciate you, bro. Thank you. And when we place them at the post office and we, you know, dumping them in the bin, I'm looking at them and I'm like, this is going to change someone's day, right? That's all I'm thinking about. If, if, if I can change your day, if you was feeling down or you may not have been feeling yourself and you put on a fragrance or a shea butter and, and you step out and someone goes, you smell nice. Do you know what that can do? I mean, we both know what a haircut does, right? A haircut, yeah, yeah, yeah. which I, I'm out of one right now. Um, Likewise. Likewise. It's all good. It's all good, bro. We connected. Um, you know what it does. You know that, you know, women, if you don't have a manicure, sometimes you don't feel like, I don't want to go out. I don't want nobody to see my toes ain't done. You're wearing shoes and you're worried about your toes being done. It's a feeling. It's an energy. And, you know, that's why to people who do want to get into the wellness space, I would say, you know, financially, it may work to, you know, white label your products. And, and I'm not knocking that at all. But there's a different type of fulfillment, literally. There's a different type of fulfillment when you know that you're creating something for the benefit of people, especially of people who look like you or your family. And I can't explain it any better than that, but it's something. You, 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 you feel it, especially when you get rapport and feedback from people, which you know, kind of forces you to have an accountability because you know that people are taking a chance um, you know, shopping with you and you want it to be right. And you know, I'm still learning as I go. Not every order comes out perfect. So I try to overcompensate if I've really messed up. You know, um, having to rely on, on shipping carriers, that is an entirely crazy, you know, nuance. But as far as my part and what Savoir Faire as the brand does, man, you got to care. You got to care. And if you care, people will be able to tell. Seeing our communities grow and thrive is something we care deeply about here at Black Tech Green Money. State Farm Insurance also cares about the growth of black communities. 
They're actively investing in programs and initiatives that help provide financial literacy, give early career advice, and grow black-owned businesses, thus leading to generational wealth, which helps protect the future of our communities. We want to build a future that we all can be proud of. State Farm understands that representation alone doesn't equate to authenticity. It also requires active sponsorship of programs like the AXO, a year-long program that recognizes and rewards high school students for their academic and cultural achievements, along with funding programs like Project Ready, a national urban league program committed to educational achievement of black and brown youth that has awarded over $11 million in scholarship offers to date. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities and can have a long-lasting impact. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, so there we were, cruising through the new open-air zoo, when I realized that the park was closing in like 15 minutes. Luckily, we were in my Nissan Rogue. With its powerful DC turbo engine, well, we had time to see all the animals. Whoa! <laughs> and outrun a few! Drive the Nissan Rogue. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. And just a reminder for the audience, we do have a couple questions coming in, which I will get to. But just a reminder for you guys, we do have producers watching. Um, so feel free to drop your uh, comments and questions in the chat. And they're being forwarded to me, so I will get to those um, shortly. So um, there are people who, actually, I'll start here. I talk to a lot of people who influencers, online personalities who've done well. Um, and their ability to monetize their audience. And um, and I talked to them about how to pick the right things to sell. And more than one of them has said um, that they don't advise on just picking things, but they ask the audience what they want from them. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't sound like that's your strategy. It sounds like you create it for you and offer it. Like talk to me about how how it works because for you, it's working. Yeah. Um, I think at this point, collectively, we're, we're able to tell when somebody's full of BS and we're able to tell when someone isn't really being themselves. And, you know, if someone is making a career of being an influencer and they're doing well, then they haven't attached themselves to one particular thing. They are kind of like the news. When we watch the news and it's a dismal news day, we don't look at here in Atlanta, there's a sister, uh, Jovita Moore, who's on the news. We don't look at Jovita and get mad at her for the news. The news is separate. It's just her job to share it. And I feel like really good influencers, we're not attaching them to the shirt that they're wearing. We're just, oh, okay, that's what they have today. I didn't like that shirt, but I'll come back and I'll expect to see some shoes or some glasses or something else. Um, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, influence, influencing is, is is a, is, a, is a tricky thing. Um, I try to create products that speak to me in a way that I'm not selling you anything. Mm. I'm just offering you the stuff that I like. And 
I was smart enough to make it available if you want it. It's very approachable. So for instance, I love Creed. I love I love all of those high-end 400 Clive Christian. I love all of that. But I know that there's a lot more people who can't access that. But if I can make something that is comparable, that deserves to be on a dresser next to those guys and make it at a price point that doesn't break your pockets and makes it attainable and gives you the same feeling, well, that's what I'm going to do. You know, um, cigars. I smoke cigars. I'm sharing that I'm smoking cigars. So if I offer the public one, they're going to know that sounds like him. I'm not selling you rims, bro. I, you know, you, you, you know, I'm not selling something that I don't like. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even, you know, products, um, you know, for, for, for women, there's still things I like. I love the way that, you know, stockings look on women. Okay, great. Savoir Faire is a brand for everybody. So what can I do, you know, to, to offer women that's still authentic to me? Sounds like stockings are it. If you've been following me on social media for the last 10 years, then you know I love them, right? Um, so it's not out of my wheel well. I'm not trying to just all of a sudden decide, you know, that, you know, I'm gonna sell water or something that you don't know me for, you know? So um, I think it resonates when it's real. So many people have way more followers than you or I, and they can't sell anything, right? And so I was, you know, I was talking to Ronnie Brown um, from Grill CEO about this on the podcast, Black Tech Green Money, Shameless Plug, who came out day, yesterday, I think, day before yesterday. And she was saying, you know, there's people who have 50,000 followers who can make $50,000 from a post. There are people who have 250,000 followers that can't sell anything, mm -hmm. you know? And how did you know that people would buy it? Because you could have invested a bunch of money into buying the equipment to do the formulations, into the bottles to do the formulations, into the packaging to do the formulations, put it up on Shopify or your, your proper custom built site mm -hmm. and nobody and 10 people buy it. I how, how do you, how? I, I didn't know. Um, and, and that's what I think people, again, people who are, who have been following that early tribe, they're watching it grow. And they feel great about telling other people about it and amplifying the brand. I didn't know that it was going to work. I knew that I liked it. And I knew that I, I was caring about what I was making. And I think as I continue to um, share from that authentic space consistently, it got on the radar of people. You know, um, Lena Waithe, man, she, she is incredibly instrumental in, you know, pushing some of my fragrances to her friends in Hollywood, which who knows intrinsically and exponentially what that does, right? So um, there's always been supporters. There's always been people who are just like, man, I see what you're doing and I wanna support. Maybe I'm, I'm not in a space where I can buy something right now, but let me share it. You know, there's a lot of small businesses that would turn into larger businesses or not so small businesses. If people really took 30 seconds to maybe share it or highlight it, you, you really never know. Um, and, you know, there's, there's always the online sarcasm of, you know, uh, celebrities that we wish well to and happy birthday to and congrats to almost as if it's some expected post. Um, but there are people who are friends and family who have businesses or have achieved accomplish accomplishments that may deserve some accolades and, and we, don't, we don't share, you know? So um, again, I didn't know. And I started off small and I took chances when I could. Um, some failures, ordering products that just didn't quite hit. Um, the things that I've made with my own hands, thankfully have been successful. 
Um, but there have been sometimes when I look to outsource a product and, you know, or garment and it just, it just doesn't resonate with people. Um, so it's, it's all hit or miss until it isn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is, I said, there's this talk about ownership in our mm -hmm. community. Uh, everybody from, I remember Prince talked about ownership, you know, with regards to music and, you remember like the whole scene that they show in the videos and the people just was looking like, you know, it was early in the music industry for people to talk about owning your masters. Right. And then, so Steve Stout talks about it today. Master P talks a lot about owning your stuff. Mm -hmm. um, did you ever feel the need to go for outside funding and give away pieces of the business um, or in finding your success day in and day out, the bootstrapping Talk to me about like how you think about I could grow faster if I go and get money or I can just I can own this and continue to grow at a beat. Um, I prefer to own until a certain number where I, I think I have an exit in my head. Um, but I realize that there is still a community uh, value of the legacy of a black owned fragrance brand. Um, and so I think if I were to ever sell um, the company, it would still be to someone who looked like me or to maintain majority ownership. Um, yeah. I, you know, I, I look at um, the moves that, that uh, Jay has been making um, lately. And I think that there's so many other people that we don't know about because they're not famous rappers um, that are kind of, you know, notching their belts, you know? And I think that maybe in a few years when I may consider it, there will be so many amazing investors and people who are able to, you know, offer um, something amazing for the brand um, who look like me. And that, that's something that I'm, I'm looking forward to. But, you know, I, I also think that, um, you know, people who get funding early on if, if, if that's what you're in it for, just, just to make money, um, I don't knock it. I just, you know, things like clothing brands, I feel, you know, if you, if you have a hit clothing brand, we've seen clothes before, right? So if, if, you, if you luck up and you get a hot clothing brand and then you sell it, more power to you. Um, but I think that things that are culturally for us I think we should try to hold on to it as long as possible or hold on to the majority of it as long as possible. This is a question that came in uh, from somebody in the audience who said, what is your process to empower and motivate yourself? Um, I, I look at everyone and I learn from mistakes very, very well. Um, it's not that I'm a fan of failure because I don't want to attract failure, but I also have learned to like really key in on the mistakes that other entrepreneurs make or brands make. And I try to implement them or, you know, the things that they didn't do, um, you know, in, in my business practice. Um, as far as motivating myself, there are so many amazing, you know, black entrepreneurs and innovators and creators that I could just sit here and open my phone and it's just it's like, wow, that's amazing. This person secured this funding for this or wow, that's who would ever, you know, thought that there could be an umbrella for your hair, you know? And then it's just like, wait a minute, this is, there's an attorney. Oh wait, she just bought this building over there on, you know, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, especially being in Atlanta, um, Atlanta, I've lived in New York my entire life and I moved here five years ago. And I've never felt more at home. Um, there are so many people who motivate me. I can, my entire day can exist with me doing business with just black people. In New York, we may be the manager, not the owner. We may have access, but not ownership. And if Atlanta don't motivate you, or what's going on in LA isn't motivating you, you're not gonna, it ain't for you. There are so many, there's so many amazing, um, you know, innovators right now. 
um, that you, you can't help but be inspired by just looking at your phone, you know, um, even the ability to, you know, learn and become financially literate uh, or better financially literate through your phone, you know, watching Earn Your Leisure and, you know, there's so many, even your podcasts and just people who are saying, hey, listen, there's this information that historically we've kind of been kept out of and now we realize it's available and we're going to share it. That's better than college, you know? So um, I, mo I motivate myself by, um, or find motivation in, in studying other people. I talked about this earlier um, in a different interview uh, today about my favorite Steve Jobs quote, and it was about connecting the dots. And he said, you can't connect the dots looking forward. Mm. You can only connect them looking backwards. When you look at your story, you see, the moves you made, how they make sense to what you're doing today. Um, you may not have realized why they, why you were doing them then, but it ultimately, again, it reveals itself. If you look at what you wanted to do in the music business and the journey you were on, and in many ways still on, uh, and with regards to music, what do you see as connecting to the entrepreneurial ventures? Like, what did you learn there that you were able to apply here? Um, I think in my particular case, it's what I didn't learn that I know now that now allows me to think about going back. Um, it's the power of team. It's the power of really connecting with the right people, um, trusting the right people, staying away from the wrong people, um, not being afraid to take risks. Um, and being truly authentic, you know, um, again, like our conversation started, my success in the music business is not how it typically goes because my success is technically in the film and TV business, just the music section, you know? Um, and so there are a lot of, um, you know, A&Rs and presidents of labels that may know who I am because they were hoping that their artists would get that same license, you know, um, to be in that film or that TV show. Um, but as far as the music business goes, I'm, I'm kind of virtually unknown in the, in the common areas, you know what I'm saying? Um, but in the fragrance space, because there are so few black perfumers, I'm one of the ones you first learn about, right? So, um, and that is all happening because of having a team, because of partnering with, you know, great people, because of, you know, my communication with other Black perfumers and us kind of forming this community and sticking together and the Black perfume and uh, fragrance reviewers that I didn't even know that they existed and they have these huge followings on YouTube and they're amazing and they're charismatic and they're funny and, you know, it's just like, and they're knowledgeable. So, um, you know, for me, it's really about finding a team. I found a team or, or building a team in the fragrance game. And it's kind of like, I look back and I didn't necessarily have exactly the right team that I needed for the success that I wanted. Um, there was a measure of success that I achieved, but that was with the team that I had. Love it, love it. Uh, finally, Chris, I want to know, I want to talk about maturity uh, and the maturity you exude and the entrepreneurship and being additive to the culture. You've embraced um, a very mature persona, you know, and what do you say to people who've been at it for years um, and still haven't hit that inflection point um, to encourage them that there's still time. Yeah, um, well, even, and, and I'll take the example of music because I think music is the quintessential example of time um, and space, especially hip hop. So if you think about hip hop, you know, they say it began really, you know, 1978, right? So let's just say you were, you know, 18 years old and you, you know, fell in love with hip hop. Um, you may listen to hip hop now and you don't resonate with it. 
And at the same time, you may not necessarily want to hear a new album from the people that you loved in the 80s and 90s. And so it leaves this void of a space where you're looking for a certain type of content, a certain type of production. Sound, yeah. But you want it to be modern. You don't want to listen to a rapper from the 90s talk about what they've achieved and how you should respect them and bow down. You don't, you don't necessarily want to hear that. You may want to hear someone that is in the same cadence or rhythm of your favorite MC. And if there's some new cool melodies your kids or grandkids like, you may not mind hearing those two things married together. Mm -hmm. um, and so for people who have you know, ideas that just didn't quite work because maybe the technology was not um, at, a, at a space to you know, amplify um, their innovation, um, now is the time. You know, I, I look at so many, you know, when I post music that I'm making now that is not for film and TV, but just for myself, you'd be surprised at how many brothers and sisters will just start DMing me and emailing me music and their videos. And there are people who are still making this amazing sound that they love, but they're afraid to put it out because they feel like it's not wanted. If I got all of the people together that sent me stuff, that's a community in itself. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's about, you know, for me, I love being a pioneer. I love, you know, taking risks. I love kind of, you know, sometimes doing things first is dangerous because, you know, you, you do it and, you know, it ends up kind of small. Someone sees you, copies you and, and does it bigger and better because they've been able to watch you, right? Um, but I love the, the opportunity that exists right now. If you're, you know, 40, 50, 60 years old and you want to be an actor, well, maybe that role of the 20-year-old, you know, guy who you wanted to be, maybe that's not the role for you. But you can just be, you can be as effective and impactful like a Samuel Jackson or, you know, a Denzel. Who's to say that you can't? I think a lot of times we, we, we put our dreams aside and we let them like sit in our laptops or sit in the back of our closets. And if, if I can show anything, it's, it's not too late for you to do the things that you want. Um, even if success still doesn't find you, do the hell out of that thing um, because you'll feel better. You got it out. And if it's something magical, the, the world will find out. We're learning about new things every day. You know what I'm saying? We, we learned about, you know, who really created Jack Daniels, right? You know what I'm saying? Like a hundred years later, imagine how that feel, how that felt to not be recognized. Imagine how his kids felt. They were saying it, but no one believed them. You know what I'm saying? And so a hundred years later, look what came from it, right? So whatever idea that you have, that you're sitting on, whatever passion you have that you're bottling, that you don't think is worthy, man, you're messing yourself up about it. Get it out, do it, do it well, do it extremely well as if the whole world is going to see it. Protect it, protect the IP, the intellectual property of it. If there's a patent you need to go get, man, you've been waiting for these 15 years. A couple more months ain't gonna harm you. You know what I'm saying? But just, just do it, do it. Black Tech Green Money is a production of Blavity Afrotech on the Black Effect Podcast Network and iHeartMedia. And it's produced by Morgan DeBond and me, Will Lucas, with additional production support by Love Beach and Raven Nearborn. Special thank you to Micah Davis and Sakara Savanyan, you know, like the wine. Yes, that's his real name. Learn more about my guests and other tech disruptors and innovators at afrotech.com. Go get your money. Peace and love. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. 
With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.